When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, and welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott Benjamin. And I'm Ben. Ben, we're going to tackle a, uh, a difficult topic today. Uh, yes, we are going to tackle a topic that has been on our to-do list for some time. Yeah, you know how long? Just take a guess. Uh, it's been years, Well, how long, how long have we been doing this podcast? We have been doing this podcast in excess of three years now. It's almost five years. Yeah, it's about five years. So yeah. uh, this has been on our to-do list for five years now, and to prove that... I have emails here that going back through the car stuff uh, folder oh, on man. my on my desktop. Yeah, people have suggested that we do a uh, a podcast on the the difference between horsepower and torque and the measurements and everything involved with horsepower and torque mm-hmm. from uh, the earliest one I could find, Ben. And I think this may not even be the earliest one. This is just the last one I could find, June of two thousand nine. We've got, 2009. Yeah, we've got listeners that have been, and I hope they're still hanging around. I mean, we've got, you know, I've got eight of them in my hand here that go all the way through, you know, last week. We had Ooh. um we had two right in a row at the end of 2013, you know, just at the very end of the year, the last day of the year. I think we got two simultaneous suggestions from people, you know, long distance apart that wanted to hear about torque versus horsepower, what the difference is. Mm-hmm. And uh, these go back to 2009. So, I mean... Should I list names or do you want to just, uh. Let's do a laundry list of names and then right. jump in. All right. How about this? William Cho, uh, Jeffrey Mo from Hong Kong. Uh, there was also Robert from Plano, Texas. Uh, there's Gabe from Portland, Oregon. And there's Matt. Matt doesn't say where he's from. Uh, JR or Junior. I think it's maybe JR from Chicago, Illinois. And Runal from Chicago, which is a recent one. And also, um, Hmm, who is this one? Uh, hang on, it's a uh, it's a mystery name. It is Rob. Rob, I don't think said he, where he's from either. But that, those okay. were two, last two were from the end of last year. Wow, that's so, a bunch. And we probably have some other requests that just got auto deleted or that we didn't get to in time. But we're going to make good on this topic today, isn't that right, Scott? Well, we're going to do our best because, uh, <laughs> it, as it turns out, this is a uh, as a math heavy topic. And, uh, and I think, you know, when we've ever talked about stats or we've ever talked about, um, ratings, you know, one car versus the other, mm-hmm. 
in any manner, we've always had trouble getting all of that information across in a, in a concise manner in that, you know, like people can understand it in this podcast form. The best way to do this, and I've said this to you, you know, off air ahead of time, we're not going to bury you in math today. We've got, uh, we've got a lot of information to share and there's some interesting things in here, definitely. But we're not going to give you just equation after equation that you can't understand. We're going to try to make this something that is easy to understand for everybody mm-hmm. and just really delineate the difference between what horsepower means, what torque means, what power means. What work is. What work is exactly, Ben. And, and where some of these numbers come from and what a dynamometer does, mm-hmm. uh, because there's some confusion on that, how to get from one number to the other um, without burying you in the, in the stats. And, and we're going to point you towards articles on our site because How Stuff Works has a lot of really good articles about Horsepower and torque and force and energy and lots of different things like that. Lots mm-hmm. of physics in there. Um, but that's better left to, uh, to yourself to just kind of read and, and, you know, kind of, I don't know, nose through yourself and, and maybe work it out on paper. Yeah. It's one of those things that, uh, is most helpful when you see it and when you are able to do some of it yourself. That being said, with that huge disclaimer, we are going to, look at some equations and a little bit of math, but we promise no matter how much you hate math, it will neither be boring nor terrified. Oh, you promise. But you know what? I hope the, I hope we can hold up to that because uh, we always try to be entertaining, right? Yeah, we do. We do. All right. Informative. We always try to be informative. We're uh, edutaining maybe. Yeah. We're going to try to mix the both of those (laughs) today. And, uh, and I was thinking about this early on and I was trying to think like, okay, well, we all kind of know about horsepower, and typically we think about horsepower, you know, in the machines that we use, and automobiles, and mm-hmm. tractors, and chainsaws, or whatever sure, we use, yeah. right? Even garage door openers, whatever. The lawnmowers. But torque, that's another thing. I mean, we think about it in cars, of course, when we read about them, because, mm-hmm. you know, that's when the numbers come up. Or if somebody is, uh, you know, someone who takes their vehicle to a dynamometer and has it hooked up and checked, mm-hmm. the, they're thinking about torque all the time, or a race, you know, race driver, like maybe a, a drag strip. Right, car you might, owner. You might tune for torque. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, or you know, if you're towing, torque is a huge application. So, I was thinking, where else do we use torque? And there's a lot of different places I was thinking about. And some of these are questionable. So maybe, maybe not. But okay. Um, when you're, of course, when you're tightening or loosening bolts, you know, like nuts or bolts with a wrench. That's, that's like one place. the basic, the the bare bones definition of torque. Absolutely. Yeah. That. Like that. And and of course, you know, when we drive vehicles, gas, diesel, or vehicles mm-hmm. even with an electric motor. There's a lot of torque in electric motors as well. Yes. Um, also, when you're, this is simple, Ben, when you're turning a sink faucet on and off with the, with the uh, lever, that's, that's, that's torque. using torque. Mm-hmm. Um, opening a bottle of water or soda or pop, I guess, pop yeah. for our Midwestern Unscrewing friends. a jar. A glass jar? Yeah, glass jar. Yeah, I said pop there. I don't know if you noticed that or not. I that's did. A, I did. I'm from Michigan. That's for our Midwestern fans. I, I don't know if you heard <laughs> that, but um, let's see. Also, <laughs> I don't. How about this, Ben? And what? this may or may not be torque. What about when you spin that little wheel on the mouse? Is that torque or is that is that friction? Uh, I don't know. I can't tell you. It is exerting work, though. Anytime you're turning something, anytime you're loosening something, tightening something, you're torquing. You're using torque, and and torque is. I guess we can define torque as a um a turning force on an object. Anything that like like a bolt or a flywheel, it's like a rotating force. Yeah, and torque is. If we want to be more precise, it's a way of measuring the ability at least in terms of automobiles and vehicles, it's the way of measuring the ability of an engine to do work, which gets us to uh, some other concepts that might might seem a little strange for us to define work and power, right? Yeah. Okay, well, work, I guess we have to explain what work is, because work is another uh, one of these key words in this whole thing. 
And, and work is what most people think of when they think of torque, really. They're, um, it's kind of like in towing. And when you're thinking about a towing application, mm. you're really thinking of about the work that that engine is going to be able to create or that vehicle is going to be able to do for you. Right. Uh, so when people think about work, they're really thinking about what torque does, but they're not calling it torque. Right. Um, so the more torque an engine produces, the more work potential that engine has. Yes, that is that is a great way to say it. Now, what we're exploring when we say horsepower versus torque Let's let's be honest. There are two different things. Now we've got some really inf- interesting information about horsepower. So I'll just start with the boring stuff, and then maybe we can go into where it comes from because that's where we sort of started, right? Oh, sounds good. Okay. So what is horsepower? Great, great question. It is just a unit of measurement for power. And the this would be, for instance, like what is the power needed to move five hundred and fifty pounds one foot? In one second. Um, so if we want to look at what standard horsepower measurements are, then nowadays that would be the power needed to move 33,000 pounds one foot in one minute. So a measurement of horsepower. Horsepower is just a measurement. It's like the wattage of a light bulb, you know? Sure. Yeah. And it comes from the same guy, right? Mm-hmm. That, which is kind of interesting to me. I mean, it, it all, I mean, you mentioned the wattage, right? Now, this, this is interesting because it all ties back in together. All these conversions tie back into, um, um, each other in some way. And you're going to, you're going to find that in just a moment. But okay. I guess we can move on to, uh, what is horsepower really? If you want to yeah. do that, maybe. All right. So first we talked about who invented it and you mentioned Watt, right? Uh-huh. Uh, James Watt was actually the guy who invented what we, we call, um, what we call horsepower. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the funny thing about this is he did this back in, you know, sometime between 1736 and 1819. So Ben, this guy dies 70 years prior to any automobile application of, of horsepower. He's trying to figure out literally the power of one horse to do work. Yeah. It's the myth or wives tale you may have heard about mm-hmm. it actually measuring the power of a horse. It turns out that is a hundred percent true. It really is. It's, it's, but but it's in a strange way. I mean, and it's this, this arbitrary number that we find out that has just stuck around for hundreds of years, literally hundreds of years, mm-hmm. based on this. Um, and I'm going to say arbitrary, but it was he he penciled it out. I, I'm sure he did. It was, was his estimation. His yes. estimation. Yeah. Okay. So here's the story: is that he's working with. And this is so funny. Then he's working <laughs> with ponies that are lifting coal at a coal mine, and he wanted to find a way to. Um, figure out how much work was available or how much power was available from just one of these animals. So what he found was that on average, a, a mine pony could do 22,000 foot-pounds of work in a minute. And he increased that number by 50%, which is odd. I don't know why he would do that. But That's he, kind of the arbitrary thing. That's where he was saying, okay, these are ponies, so let me kick it up a notch to horses. Probably. For the full-grown horse, right? Yeah. Okay, well, maybe. I mean, maybe that's what he's thinking, right? So he kicks it up 50%, and he figures that measurement, at, like the equivalent of one horsepower, would be 33,000 foot-pounds of work in one minute. Okay, now that's that arbitrary number that we talked about, right? And now that is standard or mechanical horsepower. Exactly. And if you want to see a visual description of this, or visual, visual depiction of this, rather, look at our article called How Horsepower Works on How Stuff Works. It's written mm-hmm. by Marshall Brain, the guy that founded this company. Um, he, he wrote this article a long time ago, but none of this has changed in literally hundreds of years. So right. this, this all still applies. Now, what you do is you take that 33,000 foot-pounds per minute, okay? And you have to, and the idea is that the the, the horse is raising coal out of the coal mine on, on this wheel, on this, uh, on this um, I don't know if it's a block and tackle, it just looks like a simple wheel to me. Sure. Raising coal out of a coal mine, um, exerting one horsepower, the, this, this horse can supposedly raise 330 pounds of coal 
100 feet in one minute, which would equal 33 pounds of coal, or I'm sorry, which would, yeah, equals, I guess, 33 pounds of coal, 1,000 feet in one minute, or 1,000 pounds, 33 feet in one minute, and you can keep extrapolating that Mm -hmm. out. But if you go a little bit too far with this thing, now, I mean, if you take that um, explanation a little too far and you say, well, why, you know, why couldn't the, uh, why couldn't the same pony or horse, I guess, uh, move 33,000 pounds of coal in a, you know, in a single bucket, uh, one foot in, in one minute, in one minute. Well, the thing is that the horse can't move a load that big, so it's not possible. Or if you move, if you put one pound of coal in the bucket and then say you want to move the horse 33,000 feet, mm-hmm. that can't happen either because that translates that the horse is moving 375 miles per hour. So that which, can't happen. Yeah. Which we're not saying. We're not saying that there's not a horse in the future that can do that. There's just none right now. I know, I know. And you know, I know what people are thinking. They're scratching their heads saying this is a lot of numbers already and you promise there are not going to be a lot of numbers. Just take a look at this article, this how horsepower works and you're going to understand immediately is it's, it's very, very clear the way it's drawn out here. And horsepower can be converted into a lot of different uh, measurements, units of measurement. Yes. And we've got that laid out in there as well. And this is where James Watt comes in because James Watt was the guy who he didn't invent the light bulb, obviously, but nope. he's the one who measured, I guess, the output of the light bulb. And that's what we use when we say a 60-watt bulb, like you mm-hmm. mentioned, Ben, or a 100-watt bulb. It's the output of light on this thing. So he was big into measurements and conversions. Um, James Watt, I think he was a uh, um, – oh, what was he? He was a, uh, a mechanical engineer, mm-hmm. I think, and uh, an inventor, of course. Right. Um, but but it goes down to, to kilowatts. I mean, this is where the kilowatt horsepower measurement thing comes in that was so confusing on the uh, – on the Australian uh, yeah, podcast. Yep. Um, do, you, do you want me to mention these or not, Ben? I mean, because we've got more yeah, here. Yeah, while we're here. Okay, I'll keep it brief. Okay, okay keep right. it brief. All right, so horsepower can be converted into a lot of other units, like watts or BTUs mm-hmm. or joules or grams mm-hmm. or calories. And we're talking about even like food calories, which are measurements of heat, really, as you'll find out. Um, so one horsepower is equivalent to 746 watts, which a lot of people wouldn't think about, but that's where this this whole kilowatt thing comes in. Uh, one kilowatt is equal to 1,000 watts. So, you know, the, when you were talking about the Aussie Utes not long ago, mm. when we were saying, you know, the horsepower or kilowatt to horsepower ratings, if you had 1,000, I'm sorry, if you had one kilowatt, which was 1,000 watts, that equals 1.341 horsepower. Yes. Which, and that number can then be extrapolated into pound feet per second, which is 737.6. So this number can be continually broken down all the way down so you get down to uh you know btus can be broken down into joules mm-hmm. joules can be broken down into gram calories and then food calories it's just it goes on and on you can continually play with these numbers and get whatever you want out of them if you use paper you're a human but if you choose paper you're a papertarian someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet and also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day seriously It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash Papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. 
We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Right, and you can see some excellent illustrations of this, um, both in our article on how horsepower works, and you can check out some interesting illustrations in our article What's the difference between torque and horsepower? Which brings us to this. Um, all right. So we've established what horsepower is and the very strange history of this fairly arbitrary estimation between a pony and a horse, which yeah. is still funny to me. I don't know. And, and has stuck around about 300 years and has stuck around about 300 years. And we know that today, um, we still use a derivation of this to measure the power of an engine. But here's where it gets a little bit tricky. Now, you know, if you know about cars, you know that the engine's horsepower is measured using something called a dynamometer. Mm-hmm. And it places a load on the engine, and it measures the twisting force the engine crankshaft places against that load. So, in other words, the dynamometer measures torque. Yeah, which is strange. I mean, a lot of people don't think of it that way. They think mm-hmm. of it as... What kind of horsepower are you going to get out of this thing? Now, people that don't go to the dynamometer, I mean, that's what they think. They think right. they think you go on the dynamometer, you get your horsepower rating, you can probably extrapolate a lot of information. I know you get torque out of that, but torque is the main measurement. And then there's a conversion that happens from torque to horsepower. Yes, exactly. So the the dynamometer is actually measuring the torque output of the engine. So it's measuring this at various engine speeds, various RPMs, revolutions per minute. And then it feeds these numbers into this formula. And this is, this is the chief formula you need to know to understand how torque and horsepower are related. That is that horsepower equals torque times RPM divided by 5,252. Now, Scott, before we go into why it's 5,252, let's, let's take a break. And let's talk about books. Let's talk about reading. It's not an a important bad I- message. Oh, it's not a bad yeah. idea, Ben. I, I think it's a good time to take a break because uh, you're going to make me look like the bad guy when you come back with more numbers, right? <laughs> but uh, but right now I want to be the good guy because I have a uh, I have a pretty good uh, audio book I think that our listeners are going to like. Oh yeah, lay it on me. It's t- the title of this thing is Ingenious: A True Story of Innovation, Automotive Daring, and the Race to Revive America. 
Oh. Very bold title. It is ambitious. As they often are. I yeah. think we found in uh, on our Audible selections. But uh, this is by uh, Jason Fagione. I'm going to say F-A-G-O-N-E, but uh, Fagione? Fagone? Your guess is a good advice. Uh, close <laughs> enough. I'm not going to yeah. go any other way with that. But, All right. What's it about? Um, yeah, let's see. It's about the 2007 X-Prize competition, Ben. Mm-hmm. And you may recall the X-Prize mm-hmm. competition. That was big news for a long time. You know, front page news, really. Uh, for a short time. Well, in 2007, the XPRIZE Foundation announced that it would give $10 million, which would be divided among uh, winners in different classes, to anyone who could build a safe, mass-producible car that could travel 100 miles on the energy equivalent of one gallon of gasoline. And the challenge attracted more than 100 teams from all over the world, including dozens of amateurs that, you know, thought they'd throw their, you know, hat into the ring and see if they mm-hmm. could compete with some of the big-time players. You know, because there were big players in this, some some manufacturers yes, that said, you know, would love to win part of that $10 million. Um, so they used, there were lots of cars that were built entirely from scratch. Um, you know, some of them completely rejected decades of, of, of thinking about what a car should look like. Because a lot of these designs, if you ever look at some of the older Xbox, or I'm sorry, Xbox, that's funny, X-Prize <laughs> uh, designs, some of them don't even look like anything that we've ever seen before. I mean, some, right. of, them really, some of them completely new designs. Yeah, way, way outrageous. And and this this kind of chronicles what happened. It's a, it's about 12 hours and six minutes long. It's on audible.com again. And overall, I'm not giving anything away. Overall, there were three winners. And it was divided like uh, $5 million for the mainstream competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it was $2.5 million for an alternative side-by-side competition and a $2.5 million alternative tandem competition. So that means the seating configuration. And um, two, of those, two of those teams were from the United States. One was from Switzerland. And uh, it, was, it was pretty ah. exciting what happened. But yeah. a lot of people, you know, they heard about it and never really understood what happened afterwards. Right, so, and didn't see the follow-up, just the headline. Exactly. So, so this is the end of it. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash Papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy. And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good
good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, this moves us to the number we dropped earlier. If you will recall, before our break, we went to the equation for horsepower, which is that horsepower equals torque times RPM divided by 5,000. 252. How strange that we would have that specific number. However, there is a method behind the mathematical madness, which we will discuss now. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll tell you where this number comes from. <laughs> okay. Boy, that's quite a lead in, Ben. You like that And setup? like I said, you're making me the bad guy because I'm doing all the number stuff. But well, you know what? That's okay. I'll help I'm, you out here. I'm okay with it. I'm going to keep it, uh, keep it minimal here because, um, this gets really complicated here where we get this 5252 number from. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a standard number that you're going to use in this calculation every time, but you need to understand where it comes from and why it's there, uh, or if you do need to, rather. This is this is how you can do it. Um, what you're doing is you're taking um, engine RPM, which is revolutions per minute, and you want to mm-hmm. get engine revolutions per second. And that's actually, you know, it sounds pretty easy. You divide it by 60, right? Right. Well, the thing is you need to get a, you need to get a dimensionless unit for revolutions, which is called a radian. And you need something dimensionless because you can't, you, you don't want to, um, attach some type of dimension to that in order to, which will kind of screw up your whole, whole yeah, conversion. Yeah, it'll be a domino effect. It'll mess up every other exactly. number it touches. It will get, you need a dimensionless measure at the end of this whole thing. And the way that they do that, Ben, is they figure out, um, what a radian is. And a radian is actually the ratio of the length of an arc divided by the length of a, of a radius. So, you know, the, the two units of length cancel out and you're left with this dimensionless measure. And that's the, the easy part about this whole thing. There's a, yeah. there's a much more complicated bit here that tells you, you know, the, the 360 degrees of a circle and then mm-hmm. two times pi times the radius. And, um, you know, the, the number you get up, you get with that. It's, uh, listen, Ben, I'm not even going to go into it. I can't, I can't do it. Mm. and do it any kind of justice here where anybody would understand on the podcast. So It's I'm, tough to depict this in an audio podcast. But but there's good news because I can point you to another article which does so in about, uh, oh, it looks like three paragraphs. You can figure this out. And it's how do you convert engine torque to horsepower. And, it's again, it's another article from How Stuff Works. Mm-hmm. And I know we're pretty – this is kind of self-serving here, Ben, but uh, there's a lot of really good articles on torque and horsepower on our site. And this is one of them. So it's called, How Do You Convert Engine Torque to Horsepower? And that will give you the answer of the 5252. So that that question will be uh, cleared from your mind at that point. Let's move on from all the number stuff. You want to do that? Let's move on from that, and let's get to some of the practical applications of it and describe how torque and horsepower differ, because I think that's kind of the, the thrust of this whole thing. You yeah. know, Not so much how to calculate each one, but more like, you know, what's what's the difference between why would we be interested in, in torque in a towing application and why would we be interested in horsepower in a in a race car application? All right. I will reluctantly step away from this and thank you for saving me from going too far into a math hole. Um but we can come back to it and maybe it's time for a blog post. I'm not giving up on it, Scott, but you're right. The practical applications are very different and when we 
when we think about where we can see uh, horsepower, right, and where we can see torque in the real world, if you look at your car, um, torque potential is translated to real-world applications through the transmission and the axles. That's where the torque is actually happening, right? Sure. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, high horsepower in an engine doesn't always translate to speed in every application, and it all comes down to gearing, right? So yep. the, gear, the gearing between, you mentioned the transmission and the axle differentials specifically, mm-hmm. um, those affect uh, the work potential and the, how the the work potential of the engine is used. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's maybe the right way it, to say it. It determines how the, how the horsepower, the power produced by the engine, becomes torque. Exactly right. And, and it's gearing. It's, it's like, you know, low gears, as you would expect, would be used in trucks and tractors. Sure. And they channel more torque into a specific application like towing or, or pulling or pushing or something like that. And whatever they're used for, these, um, but they, but they usually also have these big high horsepower engines and trucks. Now, if you think about the same gears being used in a car, um, the truck would still be able to pull, uh, more weight because typically cars have smaller engines, typically. Right. Now, if you want to, uh, compare, Engines that are are very similar. There's another there's another article on our site, and I hate to keep doing this, but I keep pointing people to articles. Yeah. But there are some there are some torque comparisons, I guess, that we can point you to. And there's an article on our site that I just mentioned uh, just a minute ago, or maybe I didn't mention this one, Ben. Which um, one? It's it's called it's just called what is torque? And oh it's yeah a, it's yeah, very, you haven't mentioned that it's one. It's a very straightforward article, but it has this great torque comparison between two different engines, uh, two very different engines. But with similar horsepower outputs. So there's this 430 horsepower Caterpillar C12 truck engine, which is kind of like a big mining truck, you know, like the giant engines. Right. Um, versus a 437 horsepower Mustang Cobra engine. So only seven horsepower difference between the two. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very, very similar. I know it sounds apples to oranges, but this is a great comparison because they do have the same horsepower output, a very similar horsepower output. Uh, almost identical, yeah, very, very yeah. close. And, and, and the thing is, the the gearing for both of these and what what happens with this. Now, it's in our article, we have them put on a simulated dynamometer test um, with two different engines, same horsepower again, but very different torque ratings. Because you'll find out that the almost immediately when you hit the play button on this thing, uh, that the, the the Caterpillar engine puts out get this Ben sixteen hundred and fifty pound feet of torque at twelve hundred RPMs, which is only about three hundred and seventy seven horsepower, so that's not even peak horsepower. Right. Um and the Mustang engine at the same horsepower rating, right at right about the same time, three hundred and fifty four pound feet of torque at fifty six hundred RPM. So uh, the the torque rating is dramatically different between these two and the where Whereas the um, the horsepower rating is the same, so it's the same amount of horsepower being output. Mm-hmm. Uh, the RPM is dr- dramatically different because different because of the gearing. Uh, so 1200 RPM versus uh, 5600 RPM. And um, if you wanted to, if you wanted to play around with this thing, this is the interesting thing I think. Yeah. Through gear reduction, you could make that Mustang match exactly that that Caterpillar engine if you wanted to. Right. Um, now, um, just quickly, if you could break down the concept of gear reduction. Sure. Gear, well, yeah, gear reduction would just be the way that you, you use the potential, uh, what did I say, what I call it earlier, potential power, potential work. Yeah, potential force. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's it's using different gear ratios to, to achieve different results. So the gearing of the engines, like let's say in a tractor versus in a sports car versus a uh, – I don't know. Um, what's another vehicle that we could talk about? Um, uh, a golf a, cart, a tow I mean, truck, whatever. You yeah. know, something like that. They're all different, and they all have different purposes, different needs, different uh, um, 
um, applications. applications, I guess. Yeah, I mean, a farm tractor, think about it. You're able to pull stumps out. You're able to push mm-hmm. things over with them. You're pulling big uh, hay wagons. With a tow truck, you're you're using the application to drag heavy weights behind the vehicle. Right, whereas with a race car, you're you're not using the torque for anything but speed. Speed is your primary focus. And because of the way that the gear ratios work differently, uh, that, that's the reason that two vehicles could have very similar horsepower, but the gearing is determining where that potential energy or potential work of the torque goes. Yeah, that's right, because it doesn't take a lot of work to push a race car forward versus the amount of work that it takes to uh, push a truck forward when it's carrying, uh, I don't know, 20,000 pounds of gravel in the back or something like that, or dragging a, a semi behind it. Right. So a tractor could have the same size engine producing the same horsepower, but that horsepower, again, is harnessed to do work through gearing. So mm-hmm. it won't have it won't have the energy to go in excess of 100 miles per hour, for, for instance, but it can exert a great deal of power on dragging heavy objects, you know, or exerting um, exerting great force on objects that, you know, a race car would have no chance of moving. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Nor would they really want to. I mean, that's the, that's the whole purpose. You buy vehicles specifically for the purpose that they're intended. Otherwise, you could just buy one vehicle, and that would suit all of your needs. I mean, everybody would be able to get around in, in, in a pickup truck type vehicle, and that would be fine for everybody. It would suit everybody in, in the speed that they need. It would suit them with the uh, the power that they need. Now, this may be an overgeneralization, but I'm huh. saying yeah. what I'm saying is if you if you and you could gear something, I guess, to work that way. We've seen trucks geared. Yeah, you could hack it. We definitely, we've seen trucks for geared for speed. We've right? seen tractor races. And we've yeah. seen cars geared for pulling. I suppose. I mean, in, in different applications, people mm. kind of mess around with um, axle differentials and things and you like that. You have to be careful with the structure of your vehicle too. <laughs> exactly, and you know, people mess around with uh, with gearing for things like um, sand buggies that are trying to climb sand dunes. You know, yeah. things like that, um, or mud bogging, or whatever mm. they do. Whatever the application is, rock crawling. That's another perfect example. You want a lot of low end. Uh, power, a lot of torque for that type of application. High horsepower isn't necess- a necessity. It's good to have a lot of power because that mm. translates into usable torque. And there's another analogy that we can use for someone who, if, if you're having a tough time understanding this concept in terms of vehicles, then let's take it to um, a bad analogy. Can I do a bad analogy? Of course, yeah. We love bad analogies. Yeah, what would the show be without me doing a bad analogy at least once? Or two. Or, hey, all right. <laughs> so, uh, so here's one. Uh, imagine a bodybuilder versus a sprinter, right? They, they focus on two very different things. A sprinter may not be able to harness their potential energy to lift 350 pounds to bench that, but they will be able to run nine times out of 10 much faster than a bodybuilder, um, in that burst of speed. So burst of speed versus endurance. That's a good way to put it. Uh, burst of speed versus moving power. Um, this is just, I thought it might be a useful way for someone who's saying, I, I still don't get it with the tractors and the race cars. Oh, Scott, 
have we we made it? We made it through our Hirschbauer versus Torque. I, I guess so. You know what? I, I do have, tell you what. We didn't even mention like Torque applied to a wrench or something like that. No, but we that's, didn't. that's another thing. And I can I can do this quickly if you'd like. Okay. Yes. Super quick. And then yeah. how about on to some listener mail after that? Sure. Yeah. All right. Sound good. All right. So uh, we in the Torque wrench example that you know is given all the time. It's either called a lever or a wrench or or a handle in a lot of cases. Well, if you have a if you have a a two foot long handle and you apply fifty pounds of force to that handle. You're applying torque or a turning force of about 100 foot-pounds to the bolt, okay? And yes. if you want to exert the same amount of force, if you want to kind of play around with this number by by exerting 100 pounds of force on a one-foot handle, or if you exert one pound of force on a 100-foot handle. So, you know, that's the, the torque wrench example that we didn't really get to and we meant oh, to. Oh, yeah, There's, yeah. I've got a whole bunch of information about that, too, but really... These, uh, I don't know, four or five or six articles that are on how stuff works about torque and horsepower versus torque. Mm. And if you just do a keyword search for horse, horsepower, torque, force, uh, just power, I guess, and how stuff works, you're going to come up with a lot of information, some really good information. All these formulas will be laid out right in front of you. And one important point that we should make on these as well is that as clean as the math can appear on paper, there are some important outside factors, real-world factors, let's call them, that can affect the accuracy of this equation. And one of those biggest ones would be loss of energy in the gearbox. Sure. Yeah, which, yeah, which is not something that can be easily quantified in a universal way. Yeah, there's that. There's parasitic drains from electronic features that uh, functions and and uh great point um, uh there's also emissions controls that that weigh heavily on on horsepower output ratings like mm. you know we talked about net versus gross horsepower great point in the last podcast i think it was and uh or somewhere in there about the 1972 thing with the uh you know who i found out it wasn't the epa it was the uh, um, sae which is society of um of automotive engineers is that right Yes. I think that's it. SAE. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who, uh, who did this whole net versus, or gross versus net horsepower down rating. And, uh, anyways, I, I found that out recently, so I thought I'd, uh, I'd convey that. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of different things that will affect the horsepower output of a car and the torque output of a car, really, mm-hmm. I think. Um, it depends on where you measure it and how you measure it. Yes. And we will see. We will see some other applications of this, maybe in a blog post, which I'll volunteer for. Um, <laughs> You're a brave man, Ben, because before we started this, I was uh, I was you know slapping my forehead trying to figure out what does that mean because it, it does get confusing with all the mm-hmm. math. But but after a while, you start to uh, be a little more comfortable with the numbers and you begin to get it. Yeah. So whenever people talk to you as though horsepower and torque are mutually exclusive, please. Do them a favor and correct them and uh, point them to this podcast and the blog bluff coming out. Uh, you can also write to us with your thoughts. And speaking of writing to us, have we arrived at the time for listener mail? I think we have. Okay, Scott, this is a long one. This is an epic email we received from John M. out there in Cumbria, England. Um, now, I don't know if you had a chance to see this one, but John has some great suggestions for the show. Unfortunately, we won't have time to read the whole email, so I'm going to do some highlights, okay? But they're noted. They're noted, yes. Um, okay, so uh, a little background about John. He is a building inspector. He drives around the edge of the Lake District in England for work, and he listens to our uh, extensive back catalog, he says, and he's getting through them fairly quickly. So we need to keep recording new stuff. And he says, hey, guys, for understandable reasons, your podcast is a little U.S.-centric, so I thought I'd give you a few ideas about some motoring topics I've come across here in Britain. 
Uh, first, the Lotus 7. Love it. Yeah? Okay. I thought we were on board. Yeah, and he's got one. a lot of thoughts about this. And then second, the Goodwood Festival of Speed and Revival. That's another good one. Yeah. These events are held in July and September at the grounds of the Goodwood House and the Goodwood Racing Circuit in southern England. Arguably, he says, they're the best motoring events in Europe. They regularly attract the biggest names in motorsport who take part in a hill climb up the driveway of Goodwood House and full-on competitive races around the Goodwood circuit. I see some fantastic cars from that. Hmm. And I'll keep going. Uh, he's got a third idea, which was the Hill Racing Dynasty. Uh, between them, father and son, Graham and Damon Hill won three F1 World Championships. Although Damon achieved a lot, Graham Hill is a towering figure in the history of motorsport. Another good one. Well, hang on, because these keep going. Uh, fourth idea, uh, the 1976 F1 season. Uh, and he says, I think all I need to say about this is see the recent Ron Howard-directed film, Rush. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's a, that's one we talked about briefly, but uh, that would make a fantastic entire podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's his fifth idea. He says something completely different, Scott. Eddie Stobart. It's probable that you haven't heard of this company in the U.S., but it's safe to say they're very famous in the U.K. The company is predominantly a haulage firm and are estimated to employ around 5,000 people. It's also been estimated that around 1 in 50 deliveries in the U.K. are carried out by Stober. Hmm, interesting. So a big carrier there. Mm-hmm. All right. We could, we could learn about this. And he's got he's got some information about them, including the Eddie Stober fan club and some uh, some other interesting stories here. And he has another suggestion, his very last idea, a very British oddity of a company, Reliant Motors. Oh, yeah, with the Reliant Robin, right? Uh-huh. They yeah. produced a range of three-wheeled fiberglass vehicles for many years. Now, we've talked about three-wheeled vehicles, and we've hit on the Reliant Robin a couple times. Sure, yeah, and it's... Uh, and it's uh I guess uh, propensity to flip over, right? Because uh, it has the the um, Delta configuration, I believe, uh-huh. with the single wheel in front. And uh, there's a, a comical top gear that uh, Jeremy Clarkson did where he, he rolled it many times. <laughs> I know yeah. we've talked about that. But, uh, yeah, I'd like to really find out more about the vehicle itself and, and what it's all about. Because I know there's a big enthusiast group for that vehicle. Yeah, he'd also like to hear about the Reliant Regal Supervan. And uh, Reliance range of sports cars, the most famous of which was the Scimitar. He says both Prince Philip and Princess Anne have been seen using these vehicles as personal transport. Hmm. Interesting. So this is an epic email. And, John, we really appreciate these ideas. I don't know, Scott. I want to jump on some of these right now. I think some of those are really good. They'll definitely make our list and maybe even be moved near the top. Yeah. And we hope that you are inspired to write in to us. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter, where we are CarStuffHSW. You can also send us an email directly. Our address is CarStuff at Discovery.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.